Hello? Oh, hi. Ford? Yes. It's Hartley. Can you hear me? Oh, hi. It's it's Aaron calling. <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi, Aaron. How are you? <laughs> I'm wonderful. How about yourself? Good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Things are so, good. So this is our uh, very thrown together idea of a podcast. I think that is true. I think that's what we're doing. <laughs> this I is think me that is correct. texting you last Monday and say, let's move our texts of what we buy into a podcast. Yep. That is, I think, what we talked about. And hopefully that is good. <laughs> our music discussions have moved from text into a podcast. Oof. Prepare yourselves, world. <laughs> I don't Prepare think yourselves. anyone's ready. <laughs> Absolutely not. We decided to call it Aaron Calling, even though we don't call each other Aaron. Nope. I think that stopped and about six months in. To give people uh, a very short summary, we met, would you prefer over 20 years or almost 25 years? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Either way, sounds like I am ancient. So, yeah. It doesn't matter. I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. So, we met that many years ago, and then we... Uh, freshman at Belmont and we spent most of our nights talking about music and we've kept doing that for the last 20 years so now we decided just to call each other and do it and record it yep because and we don't live in the same place I know it's sad also and uh, so I was trying to get a visual for you and I for this and it reminded <laughs> me of uh, the first people that came to mind were the old Muppet men in the balcony <laughs> absolutely do you know they have names? Uh, I don't. I think I probably do, but I don't remember what they are. I looked it up. I'm sure. Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> yes. I, I was so oh, so close. I knew the Waldorf Statler. I was not ready for Statler. <laughs> so I don't, oh, I don't know which of us is which, but. Uh, you know which one is which? We should call this Statler Which one's Statler? I, I don't yeah, know. just call it. We should just call it Statler and Waldorf. There's a great photo of yep. them with their arms crossed and their backs together. Like they're like run a legal firm <laughs> and that we should just put that with like our faces photoshopped on it. Yep. Yep. This well, is a no, wonderful that beginning for the first episode of, of what we've dubbed as Aaron calling. Yep. Here it is. Statler and Waldorf. So our service. idea here is to talk about. All the records that we buy and send each other every week. It's about mm. a weekly thing, isn't it? it? It has become definitely one. And uh, I am much newer to the the world of uh, vinyl collecting, as it right. is known these days. Um, and so I'm, I'm like probably doing that thing that everybody does where they're like, oh, I got to buy all the things and I see yeah. all the stuff. And you're, so, uh, yeah, you're playing catch up. Yes, I am. And it's it's a dangerous game. <laughs> it's a dangerous game, but it's a fun game, too. Well, the part of the part of the problem is that when you're out, we've transitioned from an age where we used to buy and own everything. And then we got rid of it, even if it was yep. like an old model, like a CD or whatever. So right. now when you're out and you see that again, you almost have to buy it because you don't have it anymore, even though you can stream it. You're like, oh, right. I used to have this. Now I don't. And it's look how big it is. I'm taking it home. Right. Because that is that is part of the part of the joy is the is the largesse of the object when you, <laughs> you can get to hold it. And you're like, yes, look how big that thing is. <laughs> Although that has nothing to do. It doesn't equal it sounding better or it doesn't mean diddly squat as far as uh, it actually being good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like wow that thing's huge i want it i want and it there you go that explains a few of my recent purchases but i'll mm. i'll divulge those later so. <laughs> <laughs> yep so wait i uh so we were texting earlier today literally we text every day about what we've bought and you sent me yep. a daryl hall album today that i'm totally unfamiliar with but i listened to it on the way home and oh. i just need you to tell me how how why i'm surprised at how good it is <laughs> uh well uh i don't know i'm sure that like most things in this world i came to this thing really late to the party i'm sure everybody on 
earth knew about this thing, but I did not found it because I was looking for this weird Robert Fripp record and then found out that it was part that he worked on this other record with Peter Gabriel. And then that was part of this whole trilogy that he did. Uh, and Daryl Hall's the Fripp, record the Fripp trilogy. Yeah. He was like yeah. trying to be like a pop guy, which is, I mean, if anybody's familiar with Robert Fripp's work is not really a thing that Robert Fripp does, but yeah. he was really into it. He's living in, Greenwich Village at the time and was getting into punk rock and new wave and all this stuff. And he and Daryl Hall had met at somehow at like a show or something, you know, like those guys do and, yeah. uh, decided to work together and then did. And that record is the result. Although when it was delivered, of course, RCA was like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> they didn't like that's it. not a, that's not Hall notes. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Cause this is, I think, 81 maybe yeah yeah so wait and so they've already had hits and basically daryl hall just decides yeah i don't want to make hit records right now <laughs> so the Which album's called a joy. sacred songs right yes okay good so yep. i'm actually looking on the wikipedia page for it and the genre yep. is listed as art rock <laughs> <laughs> which is actually pretty true like no it is I true mean, okay so Robert Fripp produced it. And the reason why I bring this up is because I was listening to it on the way home. And there's a song near the end called Don't Leave Me Alone With Her. <laughs> that sort of sounds like a Talking Heads, like, D-side. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, a, yep. like, a, like if you bought a Talking Heads record that they put out, but it was, like, all the B-sides that they never really, or whatever. Like, just a bunch <laughs> of stuff they never finalized. Like, that song is right. on there. It's like sand in the other, other, other Vaseline. There you go. Right. It's so weird. <laughs> and then the NYCNY song, that song is weird. Oh, man. It's, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and if you listen to the Fripp solo record, Exposure is the name of that. Okay. There's like a couple of songs that they recorded for, I guess, that Daryl Hall record that showed they couldn't get on there because even though RCA finally was like, yeah, you can put it out. They're like, you can put it out, but you can't put those songs on there because of some weird something. And so... They shifted them to Fripp's record, and he changed the names or whatever and finagled it so that nobody knew that uh, Hall was on it. And <laughs> it's kind of the same way. It's like it's like a weird. It's like somebody who doesn't play punk rock. Yep. Trying to play punk rock to please people who do play punk rock. <laughs> well, there's a song in here called "Urban Landscape," which I yep. thought was a Brian Eno song, but I guess it's a Fripp song. Yeah, because he like it just, just sounds like it's like too. the weird. You're like, well, I'm listening to Daryl Hall, and then there's like a two and a half minute like Robert Fripp, Brian Eno weird jam in here, and then it goes into this right. weird freak out, <laughs> right. like uh, NYCNY thing, and I'm I'm in. That's all I need. Like that's right. all I needed. I'm fine. And there's like apparently I you know because because we've been talking about doing this podcast and also just talking about all this in general i've been reading up as well and like didn't realize that you know on whatever that show is that uh was it at live at daryl's house or oh, whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like minus the bear played some of the song first off minus the bear was on live at daryl's house weird okay that is second they played like two songs from that record with daryl hall and he was like yes yeah, the first time we've played i've sung this since we tracked it we, yeah ever <laughs> nobody nobody like, yelled I, out in why at uh daryl hall, <laughs> hall show play right. play don't tell don't leave me alone with her because <laughs> you know why right. john would nobody's like, like get off my stage yep you're done you're out yeah. i saw john Oates play one time at like this songwriters round and it was really like he has a grudge, I think against everyone, but like he's pretty intense. He was like, really? I wrote this song uh, and he like sets it up and he's like, it's called revenge. <laughs> and it was like five <laughs> minutes of him and an acoustic guitar singing about revenge. And he literally deflected any hollow notes like question. It was just like, I'm happy to talk about me, but I don't want to talk about you could just tell like, right. Anything they do now is like put them in separate trailers, talk to separate managers and just write them separate right. checks and they'll probably show up and do it. Right. 
Which is, I mean, yeah, it's it makes that record. I don't know that record like sticks out in a weird, in a in a good way, but in a in a strange way because it is like this intersection of so many things. Yeah. They're like Fripp worked with Eno, worked with Talking Heads, worked with all these people, yep. King Crimson, whatever, and then they all like in some way or another they're probably walking in and out of the same doors every day in the same three studios and you know then they wind up all working together and then you know later the the band that went on tour with daryl hall for a minute or whatever becomes like the actual next king crimson lined up and uh, it's, it's just like what is going on it's so weird <laughs> but here's the thing so like what this record reminds me of is like so when I DJ, like, I like to find something that's, like, familiar, but, like, a little bit off the beaten path, right? So you're right. not, it's hard to show up and play, like, a Hall of Notes song unless you're <laughs> thinking people just want to hear it. But, like, you have to know if it's going to work. Like, it's not like a wedding where people are like, oh, yeah, Hall of Notes. It's like, right. I'm in a bar, right? So it's like, it's either going to go over great, people are going to look at me, or people are going to get up and walk out, you know? Yep. So, but like, I could play some of these songs, and people yeah, would absolutely. be like, this sounds like he just went from, like, you know, Squeeze into, like, Daryl Hall singing a Talking Head song? <laughs> that, that could work. Like, people yeah. would probably not leave. Yeah, and it's got all those, like, hallmarks. I mean, you can... You can kind of DNA it out and and find somebody. You know, there's like some like Ben Folds ish, yeah, sounding like piano playing and stuff. And then of course you look it up, and he was also on Live at Daryl's House and played two of those songs. You know, you're like, no yep, because yeah. he listened to it and at some point was like, whoa, what is this? And why did Daryl Hall do this record? <laughs> did you know Brian Eno and Phil Collins play on this record? <laughs> yes. <laughs> on North Star, of course. Yeah, I mean, gentlemen, I'm going to need you here for thing. North Star. Although that right. was a bonus track, I guess maybe on the CD. But yeah, yeah, it's and yeah, I, it's weird. They're also, you know, they're also in and out on Fripp's record, and then all that whole Peter Gabriel swath that uh, I just went down the rabbit hole for. And uh, yeah, the how record many Peter Gabriel did. records did you just buy? Uh. Three, <laughs> three, three. Just now, I already had two, so there you go. Okay, good. Yeah, I was filling. I'm filling in gaps, you know. Not I know. The gap play. <laughs> no, it's like, but that's the thing. Is like for me, like a lot of this now because I still have a lot of, a lot of things on CD, as I'm sure you yep. do as well. Same. Uh, a lot of this is like finding those weird. It's finding the things that you don't want to double own. First yeah. off, like, uh, okay, I'm not gonna buy those things on vinyl because I don't, I don't listen to them enough anyway. So, yep. I'm good. But then finding the things that, like, either you do want to double up on, or, or a connector for all that other stuff. Like, that's where my nerd brain goes, and like all the connections. That's what's yeah. the fun thing. Like, well, the good news is you're not gonna overpay for Daryl Hall's solo record. <laughs> Correct. Correct. It was very easy to only get it for like, I don't know, it was like 12 bucks or something like that. Like it was like, yep, okay. And it was like perfect condition. You know, it was like, looked like somebody took it out of plastic yesterday. Like they forgot they bought it. Well, what they probably did was (laughs) listen to it once and said, this isn't Hall and Oates and put it back and never played it again. Where's the guy with the mustache? (laughs) Where's the little guy? Where's Caterpillar lip? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so as an aside completely yes this is a divergent path but in high school there was a uh coach for one of the one of the girls basketball teams that my high school played and he looked just like oats really really me yes and me and my friend would sit behind their bench when that game happened and just scream out oats all game (laughs) and 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 this guy would just always just look back like as if he didn't know what we were talking about, but I think he probably hadn't gotten that before. And also yep. was like, why are you yelling oats at me? But <laughs> when well, so, he earned so it, mustache. mustache. Right. I mean, he, his mustache was immaculate. immaculate. I mean, it was real good. Yeah, it was real good. Sorry. So, you know, how we were talking about buying things just because they're like sort of 
large and you're like, I just kind of want to have this, even though you don't really know why. <laughs> yeah. So that probably explains why I bought um, White Snakes Slide It In recently. <laughs> oh, there's a snake on the cover of that. Card. There is going down um, a woman's cleavage. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> this record's really not very good, but no. um, this, the first three songs are, are like really just like when they sat down and they were like, what are we going to write about? They were like, let's just write about sex. Yes, absolutely. It's the first song being slided okay. in. So you can. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, these lyrics are so bad. They're just. <laughs> but the word, but it gets worse, right? <laughs> oh, does it? Uh, the second song is called Slow and Easy, <laughs> but they had to make it cool, so they didn't put the D on and, so it's just slow oh. and apostrophe mm. easy. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's gross. I don't even want to read it. Correct. That's, I think, I, what, what year was that? Was that 86? I think it's 84. Oh, uh, Okay. Because 86 was probably the, the big... Yeah, this is 84, boy. and I think 86 was the self-titled with the big hits, <laughs> Again, which I bought I too, which was de depressing. I don't know why. <laughs> well, like I said, when we were talking about this uh, via text, um, we had the... I think we had the cassette of the self-titled guy. Yeah. And I never... Because I don't know why. I think it was probably one of those... Mom went on like a Columbia house, like just checking oh, boxes yeah. spree yep. and like yep. a box of tapes shows up and like suddenly you're like, I don't know what any of that is. Um, but yeah, it was I, I, I definitely remember seeing the cover for Slide It In all, all over the place, but always like, yeah, I'm not touching that. I don't yep. I think that's like poison. <laughs> here's, a, here's, here's a small sample. Uh, so rock me till I'm burned to the bone. Rock mm. me till I'm burned to the bone. I don't care about, oh, I don't care about love no more. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't care about love no more. Listen, there's further song titles, Guilty of Love, followed by Hungry for Love. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even want to know what the Spit It Out song is about. Oh, but yeah. It's This is just, um, I don't really know why I bought it. Like, I just... It just sort of like, I was like, yeah, I got some credit. I'll pick it up. And uh, yeah, I'll listen to it a couple times. That's were it. They, were they in the, were they like in the bin one after another? No. So this was is actually what happened. So I picked up the, the um, self-titled one, which that's the one that has still the night. And here I go again. Yep. Um, and um, I think that's basically their whole catalog. <laughs> right. Uh, and I picked it up because it was like $6 and I had a bunch of credit. And I was like, there was hardly anything at the store I go to all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I got it and a couple other things. And then when I set it down, I go to the store every weekend. So yeah. the guy behind the counter was like, oh, do you want to see what I haven't put out yet? And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> and so I went back there and he has all this stuff. And I felt like uh, I had to buy because I was given like a like a like a passage you know what i mean right. to the other right. side and like the most insulting thing would have been like yeah i just don't really see anything here you know what i mean like right. i was literally in a back room just going through stuff they hadn't put out yet and yeah. so i just started grabbing things so that was one that i grabbed and then i grabbed an iron maiden record and uh that's where i got the uh, metallica master of puppets um, yes. that i i probably paid too much for but again i was back there and right. i panicked and I just said, I'll take it all. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I, I'm standing here before you. Uh, yes, I'll I'll give you a large sum of money. Yeah. <laughs> I paid like 38 yeah. bucks for the Master of Puppets. And it's a it's like an early, early press. So I looked it up. That's what most people pay for it now. But like, even if I were to buy it brand new, I'd still pay 30. So yeah, that's, the, that's the crazy thing to me about their back catalog even being reissued it's like it's it's as expensive as if you bought the og like right. i don't i don't i don't know it's like one of those things again i have most i have the records of theirs that i really want on cd and i'm like 
I know. Occasionally I'll see them out and I'm like, yeah, mm, no, maybe. Nah. You know what had me sold on this too was the guy was like, oh, we had it on hold for someone and, and he can't, he can no longer make it. So oh, I'm just going to offer it direct to you. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. You're he done, may man. have me just pegged too. Like this yeah. may be like buying a car. Right. He knows. He's He's like, I yep. got sucker written all over me. Come on in. Here is Whitesnake. <laughs> <laughs> Which really Iron Maiden record did you get? Okay, good. I'm glad you asked. Peace of Mind. Yes. With That's a good one. Peace not being uh, no, no, no. like peace. It's P-I-E-C-E. Yeah, peace of Mind. And you know who pointed that out? Cash and Hayden. <laughs> My teenage boys. Of course. <laughs> and I was like, it's called Peace of Mind because I was showing them the cover because it's got yeah. Eddie like in... Uh, like in a looks like a sane asylum and ripping out of a uh what is what would you call that a straitjacket and yep. uh with chains and yes. uh with some blood coming out of his skull that's been uh looks like he's had a lobotomy actually is yep. what's going on here and i flip it over and i was showing him because on the back the whole band is sitting at the table ready to eat and there's yep. a big plate and guess what's on the plate? <laughs> it's brains. <laughs> it's brains. <laughs> it's brains. So I pointed oh. out the brains, and they were like, well, it is called peace of mind. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you guys just put that together. I'm so proud of yes. you. Is that got let – me, let me dig in the Rolodex here. Is that got – is Ace's High on that record? No, that's on no. Power Slave. That's a different this thing. This is um... – the trooper the, on that one? The troopers on that trooper's yes. the big one on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've 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 enjoyed and I don't know a lot of Iron Maiden. Like Iron Maiden to me was always like one of those right. that was just sort of on the fringe because like yeah. I grew up with like hair metal, so sort of like these guys are like these guys take this a little too serious for me. I don't yeah, understand they're, they're why they have to solo so long. But why they why do they have two solos on this song? What are we right. doing? Um but the the I can hear the, the bass player. Been, oh yeah. The track I'm enjoying the most on side one is called Die With Your Boots On. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's a good time to die to die with your boots on. Yep. Oh, so man, they quote revelations on the back. Oh, yeah. And God oh, yeah. shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, <laughs> neither shall there be any more brain. What? Yes. <laughs> For yeah. the former things are past now. Interesting. Mm. That just makes me realize that I could have probably got convinced my mom to buy this for me when right. I was growing up just because it has a Bible verse on the back. Right. It would not be the only time they would have a Bible verse, just so you know. Yeah. Was also, that common? Uh, they did. They had like their their bass player. I say you can hear the bass player because he like wrote most of that. Steve Harris, I think. His name yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. God, here we go. Uh, he uh, he wrote most of all the music. And okay. uh, I think was like a super, he was kind of like the Neil Pert of <laughs> Iron Maiden. Like he's like the super <laughs> literate like guy who like ah. would write these crazy epic songs. And like also like he put all these like literary allusions in there to like different things. And yeah, it was he's pretty heavy on site too. Yes. Uh, our, 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 uh, our old pal Bruce. <laughs> whatever uh is uh dickinson <laughs> has quite a he he wrote revelations <laughs> yes <laughs> and flight yes. of icarus <laughs> yes he uh so wh whilst out on tour at some point in my past uh we saw they put a movie out if you ever get a chance to see it you should definitely see it it's one yep. of the best music movies i've ever seen uh it's called like flight 666 Oh yeah, this like Bruce Dickinson is a licensed airline pilot. Like right. he can fly the big boys. Yeah, and uh, they bought a decommissioned like uh, I think it's like a seven 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 or something like this big old plane. Hollowed it out and proceeded to go on like the biggest world tour that anyone has ever gone on, <laughs> like distance wise. <laughs> like they literally and he and like the flight crew, I forget how many people it was like flew them everywhere in this okay. giant. So they're in this giant jet. There's like, you know, 20 people probably crew band everybody in this big old thing. So they've all got like super beds and this whole deal. And they're like playing these shows. They're enormous, but they're still like oddly just dudes. Like, right. Like when the, when they talk to them, you're like, wow, that guy just got finished, like laying some bricks or something. Like <laughs> that guy is not like, what you think of when you think of like rock star, like yeah. they are like, just like, yep, this is just what we do. And 
they seem very, very genuine about loving it, even, you know, whatever, 40 years on or whatever. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's really good. It's really good. Well, what else are you going to do? It's, I mean, there's a few of us that would hire Iron Maiden resume, but for the most part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, your turn. What's next? What, what have you thrown into your coffers lately? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, we've been through Peter Gabriel. Um, yeah. Weird. Weirdness. Uh, weirdness wise, I recently got this. It's like a Mexican electronic music. Okay. <laughs> record. I can't believe I, those words just <laughs> just all came out at once. Um, let me see. Here, let me see if I can find this guy real quick. There it is. El Fascinante Mundo de la Musica Electronica. <laughs> right. Um, it apparently, I looked it up while well, at the record store, which is a, a decidedly amazing addition to record hunting that was not available. Oh, I know. Earlier in life where you could like, I see this thing and it looks amazing. Yeah. And you're like, I want to get it, but it may be terrible. Yeah. Let me look it up real fast. Um, so I looked this thing up. Apparently, this was like a record store day reissue from like 2014 or something. Hmm. Probably one of those things that somebody buys, like we said, and uh, listens to it once. Is like, I don't understand what's happening. And then just <laughs> like gets rid of it. Um, but it's like, apparently, these guys were like doing um, like crazy electronic things and manipulations with like circuit boards and all this stuff like back in the i believe is like the late 50s oh, through yeah. the mid like 60s and made this record and i guess if you're you know i'm, I'm saying this and if somebody ever hears this who's really into electronic music they're gonna be like duh but it's like one of those things that, like people who are really into that genre are like yes that's a thing and it's awesome everybody should check it out but it sounds insane. Um, <laughs> is it really it's electronic? Like, yeah, it's all electronic. Like it's all them messing around and like with like early, early uh, programming and yeah. synths and all that. Like before they were really synths, they were like, <laughs> I mean, it's a stretch on some of this to call it like sounds like it just sounds like noises and weirdness um and lots of lots of weird delay things going on because they were like i'm sure it was like kids in a candy store like they hit a sound they're like keep hitting that button and they just keep going <laughs> and going going um keep it yeah so that has been uh that one has been uh one to drive my now almost two-year-old son a little bonkers when i put oh, it on that. he's I like bet. He just kind of looks at the stereo like, I don't understand why you do this. <laughs> Father. Why do you do this? Father, why? Father. Old man, old man, why do you do this? Um, so I was in uh, Goodwill on Saturday, which is a common occurrence. Yep. And uh, I was going to um, the records, which is always sort of a <laughs> depressing, like, realization of just how many records were made in the past that should have never been made and probably right. how many are rotting in, uh, you know, the earth's crust, you know, but, right. uh, but I'm going through, I'm scanning through and I, I found this one by a guy named Franklin. It's either McCare or my care, M I C A R E. <laughs> and mm -hmm. the cover is this, like, it's just his face, but he has these glasses on and they're really sort of like whited out, but it's like kind of gray. It's just kind of this cool cover. So I picked it up and I set it aside. And then what I'll do is I'll quickly pull him up like on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? And I'll yep. listen to it. So this nice young lady was there putting CDs up on the racks, which I was going to look at next. And, uh, um, so she kind of stops and she looks at me and she was like, are you listening to that on YouTube? And I went, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, <laughs> that's a great idea. Why have I never thought of that? And I was like, it saved me a lot of times. Trust me. Right. But at, it should have saved me then, but I got caught up in the conversation, <laughs> decided to grab it anyway. It was half off day. So it cost me 50 cents and it's really right. not very good. But like, you remember, remember Sin City, Elijah Wood's character with those glasses? Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what the guy looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like a weird, like 1970s. It's like the bridge between like, 70s pop and like 
80s singer songwriter stuff it's just it's just uh i'm probably gonna take that one back let's put it that way but right. i thought it was so funny that she was like staring at me but i do that all the time with um like 45s do you know what i mean because like yeah. if i'm flipping through 45s and i see one i saw one recently i can't remember the name of the artist but it was called the song was like black bean soup and i was like oh that's got to be great and then i looked yeah. it up and it, it really wasn't you know what i mean but i probably would have bought it because <laughs> black bean soup just sounds like some crazy funky song that i right. could probably play in a dj set that no one would know and i thought i'd found some gold and it was it was not that that case at all <laughs> so that's where the that's where it comes in but i can't do the the little ear dongle things or whatever they're called those yeah right. i can't be that guy in a record store like Right. it up i have to hold the phone next to my ear like i'm right i haven't <laughs> even graduated to like listening i'm like i'm i'll just like quickly like i'll pull up like some blurb either wikipedia or something and be like does this sound like anything that would is there are there any keywords in here that would interest me at all That's and if point. if there's like you know four to five i'm like all right cool let's do this i'll, I'll check it out like that kind of happened with that electronic thing it was like okay this sounds actually kind of like it's something that might be fun to like listen to and have and you know check out occasionally yeah because i do have a there is a like there is a strain of my brain that really like gravitates to like electronic music in different formats and like yeah so like kind of like i'll get i'll go through those phases like everybody does where you get tired of guitars or whatever like big big rock records and you like listen to hip-hop or something like if i get if I go down the line far enough, like three or four of those levels in is like, yeah, I'm going to listen to Boards of Canada today. Like, here we go. Same. You know, and like, yeah. I'll just get, I'll, I'll listen to something like completely off the wall for. Well, one of the things that's always been in common between you and I in terms of our music, like uh, friendship, that sounds so, uh, put that on a t-shirt, <laughs> but uh, is like, and I've met some friends that are collectors and I'm totally fine with that, but there's a certain level of collection that leads you towards always buying sort of like rare pressings of things that are pretty well known or right. even if they're not well known, they're well known like in the collector's community and that's fine. But the problem is, is the price on those are <laughs> insane because yeah. it's like, you know, it's like some really expensive, um, you know, just some r rare like psych record or something. And it's great. Like I want to hear it, but I don't want to own it at like $75 or more. Do you know what I mean? Right. But right. the thing with us is like, we just consume so much and we always want to hear weird and different things that part of this makes it fun because, and that's why I'm always going to Goodwill or whatever, because you may find some weird thing and it, it may only be worth like two or three listens, but it may get you out of that, whatever funk you've been in right. in terms of like, I've just been listening to too much, you know, whatever, like 80 stuff lately. And I just need to get out of that. And that'll kind of break that. And you may listen to it two or three times and eventually you may just either give it to a friend or like, you right. know, even donate it back or sell it back to a store for credit to find that other one. But it's that constant like, oh, I just need to hear this. And if it's not like an insane amount of money, it's totally worth the bargain. Because even at, when right. we grew up, CDs were like $18. Do you know what I mean? So that right. was even a, a risk, you know? So now it's yeah. like, man, I'll just go through this and that looks weird and I'll buy it. And <laughs> I bought like this record this weekend called Rio Grande. And it's mm -hmm. just like I found it. It was still sealed at um goodwill and you know it's from the 70s and it's like a country rock record you know it's like the birds meets the eagles but like yeah with a with just enough of like burrito brothers mixed in do you know what i mean and it's right. like oh this is cool in 1971 and like you know i can play this like i can dj with some of this stuff and it'll be you know, something that kind of complements the band without people being like, oh, he's just playing the band. You know what I mean? So, right. <laughs> but right. I would have I never, you know, probably sought that out. And it was literally a half off at Goodwill and their records are a dollar. So it was 50 yeah. cents. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so that's what makes it fun, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a thing of finding finding the the weird like wacky thing sometimes or like is like makes it all worth like even going like you go and you're like i don't see anything that i want and then yep. suddenly you're like i'm just gonna look in this weird bin that i never look in and you're like wow that thing looks crazy yep. and i'm just gonna take a shot on this one i'm just gonna take a shot and i may hate this and i may be back in like 45 minutes <laughs> 
<laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to give this one a shot. We'll see what happens. And, you know, usually, usually if you're like, if, if you are, a, I feel like if you're a fan of music, you're probably going to find some, something in it that you're like, yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah. And if you can get even it, like, that, if you listen to it twice. Yeah. And if you can get it at a good enough price, like, you know, even like, especially for me, like if it just has one or two good songs on it, like I can throw that into a DJ set and get right. hundreds of dollars worth of, you know, uh, value out of it. You know what I mean? And right. it's just something that throws people for a loop, you know, it's like, right. this isn't even a good example of this scenario, but like I found, um, that, that divine fits record that came out, you know, years ago. And like, yeah. I found it used for like eight bucks. And I was like, Oh man, that'd be perfect to like DJ with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I threw it in a set and this guy comes up to me later and he was like, did you believe divine fits? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> he goes, I couldn't, he was like, I kind of forgot about that band. He was like, I thought it was Spoon. I was like, well, I mean, it's kind of like Spoon, but it's not Spoon. It's divine fits. He was like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I saw him once and they were, it was okay, you know, and he was like, that was cool. and kind of <laughs> walked off, but it's like not going just for like the token spoon song. It's like throwing in something that reminds people of that, that I think is like more interesting. And I play the thing all the time. And like I said, it was only like eight bucks. Do you know what I mean? So it's right. like winner, winner. Right, right, right. I also recently found this um, uh, album. It's a classical one by, uh, so it's an Aaron Copeland record, which is funny mm -hmm. that we're having this conversation together. There you go. And it's called Old American Songs. And on side uh, one, there's a song called I Bought Me a Cat. <laughs> and so <laughs> all it is is a piano player and Robert Tier, who is a, a tenor. So it's sort of uh, operatic, you know, mm -hmm. singing. And uh, literally, he's just like, I bought me a cat. Meow, 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 meow. And then he just goes through all these different animals. And I was like, <laughs> I have to somehow make, I have to like, I have to quit being lazy and like get my turntable hooked up to my computer because right. people need to hear these things. They're just yes. so out there. It's so yep. weird. It is it's, so uh, weird. Uh, it's so <laughs> Do you want to know cat. what side two is? Please. They put music to 12 of Emily Dickinson's poems. Oh, that's a pick-me-up. Classics like Why Do They Shut Me Out of Heaven? Yep. <laughs> the world <laughs> feels dusty. <laughs> I felt a funeral huh. in my brain. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, wow. wait. Track 10 is I've Heard an Organ Talk Sometimes. I'm sure these are oh, no. wonderful poems, but um, put to music uh, with a uh, with a operatic singer, um, I'm not. It it it. I don't know. It doesn't quite speak to me. Let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. I. I think there's probably a. They say sound more like Iron Man. <laughs> right. Song titles. <laughs> okay. I, I've got them side by side. Let's play a game called uh, <laughs> Emily Dickinson poem or Iron Maiden song. All right. Hit me. Okay. Ready. Um, yeah. Dear March, come in. <laughs> That's Emily Dickens. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's only because we read that one in school that I even know. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud oh, of you. I'm terrible. Okay. Um, going to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> also, Emily Dickinson. Man, you're too good. Yeah. That was gonna trick you with that one. Yeah. Um, the chariot. That's got to be Iron Maiden. Nope, that's Emily Dickinson. Son of a... I know. Um, how about Tame a <laughs> Land? That's got to be Iron Maiden. That is Iron Maiden. Yeah. But one that could qualify that's Iron Maiden, that could qualify as an Emily Dickinson title, um, Still Life. Yep. Um, yeah, well, you know, and throw it back, Die With Your Boots On. That sounds like yes. something she would have been. <laughs> <laughs> she might have said. Oh, she poor. could have thrown some verses down, if you will. Made it right, a mixtape. Right. Definitely, definitely sold it out of her trunk. Bruce, I've I've got a I've got a stanza for you. <laughs> what? Oh. what does that even mean? Yeah, mm. I guess my other my other big uh, rabbit hole since doing the the vinyl thing has been <laughs> has been the Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, really? Uh, yes, it's been it's been a thing that I have heard heroes of mine expound upon for years about the the immeasurable rock and rollness of the blue oyster cult and i was yeah. always like yeah i don't i don't know about that yeah. 
Mike Watt. Are you sure about that? Right. And uh, I took the plunge, and they're real good. They're real good. So this brings up an interesting thing, because I've had this sort of same thing happen uh, with Tom Petty, and I think it's based on <laughs> when we were raised. Okay? Are you ready yep. for my... Yep, my uh, my theory here. I love these. All right. Okay. Yep. So I was in the Great Escape recently, the one near my house, and I'm going through the 45s, and I stumble on this red 45, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." I picked it up, and it's Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Mm -hmm. and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." I flip it over. The B side is some goofy song called like Heartbreakers Beach Party or something, and I was like, "Oh Oh, man, this is gonna be tempting." And then the (laughs) Other song was Change of Heart. So I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'll throw up my stack. So it's a great on. song, by the way, Change of Heart. Oof. Okay. Okay. So I put it on and I'm like, this song is amazing. Like it's so good. Why? Where where what universe am I living in where I claim to be a Tom Petty fan? I've seen him, saw him three right. or more times, and yet I'm totally blanking on this song. So I look it up and it's on Long After Dark, right? Yep. So then I'm like, wait, what? So I go through my, I don't own Long After Dark, so I immediately buy it. And it is just, like, it's like a perfect Tom Petty record. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, how do I not know this? And so my theory is that when we were kind of, like, coming of age, that was, like, you know, obviously CDs were big. But, like, it was just easier for artists to put out greatest hits albums, right? So, and that was just natural for people to fall in love with those hits. And then yeah. they would just play those songs on the radio. And that was kind of all we devoured. So it was easy for people to say, like, I looked this up today, other day, like Tom Petty's greatest hits album sold like 15 million copies or something. <laughs> and was like his best selling album, like mostly probably based on the Mary Jane song or whatever, yep. which kind of revitalized his career in a weird way. Yep. So like it, it was kind of great for the artists, but it was kind of also not great for their catalog because then people would just stick with the greatest hits, claim right. to be fans and forget about these great records, which to bring that back to Blue Oyster Cult, I think most of us are just <laughs> worn out on like the one or two songs that they play on classic rock radio. And we just right. assume that we know the band and we're tired of them. And right. you don't ever go back and sort of dig through the catalog and be like, wait a minute, I was wrong. <laughs> right. Right. When you hear the first like, so I heard I heard a song, oddly enough, as we were trying to get my then infant son to go to sleep. We're, you know, you, you, as you well know, you find yep. whatever music you can find to like yep. kind of help lull them along. Yeah. And on some Spotify station, uh, it would go through, it'd cycle through whatever we had it on. I think it was like, for some reason we landed on, uh, Phoebe Bridgers as like hit this record that magically just lulls him to sleep, even though it's like the most depressing record <laughs> on earth. I mean, it is like, it is a bum out, but once that record would be done, Spotify would kick in on its brain and scroll through whatever. And at some point, this amazing Blue Oyster Cult song uh, called I Love the Night would always come on. And I had never heard it before. And I think usually like I would fall asleep in the room with him yep. long before it even came on until one night. And it came on and I was like, what? I literally sat up. I was like, what is this? This is so good. <laughs> the subconscious is- speaks. This is so good. And I'm like trying to like scroll on my phone like real fast. Like, oh God, what is this? What is this? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding kind me? Of let this down. is what this is? No way. So like the next day I literally like go and I'm like, you know, to the stereo and like dial it up, put the, I guess I, my phone or whatever in and like just crank it. And I was like, oh God, this, this really was it. And so yeah. then I started going back through. Wow, these guys actually were really good. And they were like every bit at some points, I would say, I know this is this is heavy talk, but, you know, I would say they're up there with like Led Zeppelin and like heaviness and like song craft. And like, I mean, they had three guitars in a world when that didn't happen. And like they were all doing different things and not being like stepping on each other and being muddy and weird. It was like, they really had a really good head for like writing an amazing song. And it like, suddenly I was like, now I understand why, you know, Mike Watt always plays the red and the black or, you know, why, why that's a thing. Like why those dudes were really into this, but because they weren't Zeppelin. (laughs) 
<laughs> which probably seemed like a million trillion light years away. Like they were the Blue Oyster Cult, which seemed like maybe half a million light years away. <laughs> here's here's the other thing too that I found is that when you kind of get back around to getting a good stereo setup, right? Right. And like you kind of throw one of these classic records on that you're just sort of used to always hearing, whether it be through radio or like a baseball game or whatever, right. or what have you, uh, or right. a fire, fireworks show, whatever. But like you put it on, like, so I sort of went through this with, and I, this sounds really juvenile and like pedestrian, <laughs> but like I've never been a Pink Floyd fan, right? Like ever. Sure. Sure. And then when I finally got my setup, I bought a box of records from a guy and Dark Side of the Moon was in there. And I was like, well, I'll just put it on, you know, and like with my like Marantz and these huge Pioneer speakers I have, like I was like, whoa, you know, and then it, it played the whole first side. And I was like, oh, and then I flipped it over and I listened to the whole second side. And I was like, oh, now I get it. Like it took me 40 years, but like right. now I get why people why this was kind of the thing that it is. But even like throw on some like Zeppelin records or like that's kind of why I've enjoyed like the remixes for like the Beatles records. You know what I mean? Cause they're right. kind of making them right. like you put them on and you're like, wow, I've never heard it like this before. And I know that right. sounds like very silly. And that's what people say. Like, well, that's why people buy records again. And I don't go that far. I mean, to me, you can put a CD in and it sounds just as good as like, as long as it's not necessarily right. streaming Bluetooth to some speaker that you're losing all the, you know highs and lows because it's mashed it or whatever but like if you just really right. sit down and put it on and then you're like well i'm sitting here i'm going to listen to it then it's right. like oh this whole thing makes sense or like it really is a good record from beginning to end because you're not taking things out of context and throwing them into the tired greatest hits you know or the tired classic rock playlist or whatever it's like right no wait this was actually a work of art and together it i love it you know what i mean yep because i remember i remember having the same moment with uh, that Tom Petty record we were talking about long yep. after dark. Yep. Um, because you got lucky was the single. Yep. And I remember seeing the video on MTV cause I was just old enough to like recall certain videos. And that one stuck out because it was like this weird post-apocalyptic <laughs> video where they drove up in like some weird, like desert car and like, it was like Mad Max time. So like it was, definitely drawing on that and even in the video tom petty looks like he's over it already like i don't want to do a video are you kidding me but and then you know even in like interviews around the time or even a little later he's like kind of like i don't really like that record like yeah it wasn't his favorite record but hmm. to me it sounded like it sounded like he and like bruce springsteen got like trapped in a room together and traded songs that's what it, it has always sounded like that to me and well you want to know why i think because it's a breakup record right right like right to me it's just like you know <clears throat> you got lucky right and then it's like change of heart finding out you know um like straight into darkness you know that's like, that's the one too that one sounds straight up like a springsteen song i think even does. springsteen was like uh, there's an interview somewhere where he's like i wish i would have wrote that song yeah it's so good <laughs> so but good it's so great i mean it beginning is so to end the whole yeah. thing is good yeah i guess really... su southern accents came out after that one i'm kind of looking at it here so it's kind yep. of like wedged in between hard promises and southern accents so yeah i mean how are you gonna yeah you can't really <laughs> you're not really gonna win with the record between those two <laughs> <laughs> like he's not gonna be like yeah, that record between those other two records, that was the one. Like, he's going to be like, no, I like those other two better. <laughs> yeah, I also think, too, like, as great as he was, like, he really loved having hits. And so I think, like, yeah. any of his records where it's like, well, You Got Lucky was the only hit. Like, I think it's just, like, to him, like, he he probably looked at other records that he did. I don't think that was in the later part of his career, because, like, Actually, when he passed away, I went through a lot of those, like, the mojos or whatever. And I was like, yeah. man, these records are really good. Like, yeah. we were just, like, taking it for granted that he was still putting out these great records, you know? Right. So, you know, I mean, uh, whatever, the last DJ record, that was, like, one of the most depressing records of all time. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> for someone that still works in the music industry, I'm like, this record is so on the nose that it's sad. Like, <laughs> oh, it right. kills. It kills. Right. Right, right, it right. kills but yeah mm. um all right well listen 
so I have this. I ha- you want to hear another theory? You ready? Hit me. Hit me. So this is this is this is we a little bit of our episode at some point because that's I got, right. We, you know we both have them. So so we got to put into the universe like what we're kind of looking for. Okay. And like so, if we put it out there, I have a feeling that it will uh, that it will appear, um, if you will. Right. So, um, so I'm trying to kind of uh, uh, basically say like what what's on the list, which your list has to be insane. Let's be honest, but yeah, like well, what's yeah. the what's like the one the one thing that would make you so happy to stumble on this week? You think? Um. Let's see. Well, I'm always strangely in a sort of Tom Petty orbit. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a, a Los Lobos record, Kiko and the Lavender Moon, or just nice. Kiko. Yeah. Kiko and the Lavender Moon is actually a single, but whatever. Kiko. That record came out in like 92, I think. So it's like, it's one of those records on the cusp of we're not going to make vinyl anymore for a little while. Um, yeah. So like copies of it are are usually pretty high and like uh what is it mofi has put out uh they've reissued it and done it really pretty nice. and all that but it's like you know 35 dollars or whatever yep. um that one like i can find most everything else in their catalog but that record on wax would be real nice real nice. Be. yeah and then then any <clears throat> sorry any uh nina simone right now oh yeah that would be that would be a good good find i found some of our things that were like questionable quality copies for like yeah. far too much money for like the questionable quality of the copy. that's always hard like, that always drives me insane i'm like kind of taking a risk here yeah you're like i don't want i don't want the thing that like uncle herschel you know drove around behind the car for six weeks like oh yeah <laughs> speaking of uncle herschel <laughs> i was so happy that you posted that uh <laughs> I love Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong record because that's one of my favorite <laughs> album covers of all time with like Louis in his socks rolled down. So good. <laughs> What's he doing? I don't know. He's just so. Was happy. he really hot from playing so much trumpet? Like, what was he doing? <laughs> Did they get him before the performance or after? And and Ella's like, man, whatever. <laughs> she just looks like, yeah, okay, that's cool. She really does. <laughs> She was like, I don't, I don't really, yep, I'm sitting in this chair, and look at this guy, what is he doing? He's got look his socks rolled up. Yeah, he's got his socks, his, like, and his arms down. are crossed. Yeah, it's so, it's, it's very weird, but it's a great record. It's a great record. Great record. And, uh, one of the, uh, the, um, one of the reasons why I love it so much is because it, uh, has stars fell in Alabama, which is yep. their performance is just great, so. Yep. It's also like the record, it's like a record, I don't usually love vocal jazz. Yeah, me necessarily. too. Like Same. I'm, Same. It's always like a hard like sell for me yep. sometimes. But like, I mean, Ella, come on. Ella Fitzgerald's yep. pretty much magic, so. I agree. So here's something kind of weird that I would love to find, but like it yep. would just made me happy to find it. Even though yep. I don't even need it, but like I would get a few good listens out of it and it would kind of drive everyone in my house crazy. And like I would turn it up really loud. Like it would just be one of those albums that I'm like, I wish Ford were here for this. But it's it's basically I do not want what I haven't got by Sinead O'Connor. Oh, yeah. I'll put because that on Because it's, so it's such a weird record. <clears throat> it's very strange. For... The insane popularity that it had in terms of nothing compares to you, obviously. Right. But right. then everything else is weird. There's like a whole remember like the whole nineties like drum machine production with the yep. just like the really like and then she's just sort of like singing over it, but like the yeah. ch- the song never changes tempo, never right. has a chorus. I think she just sort of sings. And like yep. every song's like five and a half minutes long. It's like, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. But like like um like I'm stretched on your grave, I think is that one yep. with like the weird beat behind it or whatever. But yep. like I would sort of chicken out, but I would love to see if I could ever figure out how to throw like jump in the river into like a DJ set, right? Because right. again, it's either people are gonna be like, <laughs> What is right. this guy's problem? Or they're gonna be like, Oh man, is this Sinead? Did you play Sinead O'Connor's Jump in the River? And I'd be like, Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, Oh man, cool. And that would right. kind of probably be it. But yeah, yeah, for some reason, just finding like 
the LP version of that would just sort of be like, oh, like yeah. it would kind of be like a weird thing. And also, too, like I cannot figure out how and maybe it's just not a good story. But to me, how she got a hold of nothing compares to you, like how that happened, like how right. did how did Prince write that song? And like. I guess an A&R guy was like, I've got the perfect person that you've never heard of. And she shaves her head and she's going to knock it out of the park. And we're going to wedge it right in the middle of this really weird record with six minute songs. And right. that's the only song anyone's ever going to listen to. But bam, I right. got it. It's going to be a huge hit. Like, have you, have you ever heard the record before it? No. The Lion and the Cobra, I believe it Ooh. is. It sounds is, like a less savvy fab record, but yeah. right, right, it should have been. <laughs> um, it is stunning, like is from start to finish. It's it's really great because it's not like I feel like you're absolutely nailing it on the head when you say A and R guy probably like somehow seized that song. Yeah. Um, because I, I somewhere in my brain, I imagine she recorded that record sans nothing yes. compares to you. I would 100% agree with you. Then was like, somebody was like, yeah, so here's the thing. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> There's maybe one song on here, which was the other single, Emperor's New Clothes. Yep. Um, there's one song on here that we can get out there, but even that one is going to be a tough sell. Like, we yep. need something, you know. Yep. We need a battle. Um, right. And then, then you get that one, but uh, but I digress. Um, but Lion and Cobra like, is how does it, amazing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna check Lion, that out. Actually, it's it's like it's more like raw in places, and it's less. I don't know. It's less whatever the thing is about. I do not want what I haven't got. Um, yeah, it's well, more. Like, I, it's, I'm looking it's, at it's the Wikipedia thing. page for I do not want what I haven't got, which is. You know, it's just going to further make anyone that ever looks at my browser history be like, what a nerd. <laughs> yep. Of course. But like, this is her credit on the album. It's vocals, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, keyboards, percussion, programming, arranger, producer, string arrangements. Like, right. the, she knew what she was doing. Do you know what I mean? So that's what right. makes me think, too, that somebody came in and was like, look, like, this is a song, like, you know, we're not even going to let you make a video unless you record this song. Do you know what I mean? And right. it was probably like, you know, which is pretty common back, you know, I mean, like, it's sure. so common today, you know, it's like, I don't hear the old, you know, Tom Petty, you don't hear a single, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, you know, you got to throw it in there. But yeah, it for was... some weird reason, I was just listening to that the other day. And I was like, this would be fun to stumble on. Do you know what I mean? To add it to the, uh, yeah, the sort of what I call sort of like the sub collection, which is like, really where like a lot of the hair metal is where it's like, <laughs> it's just fun right. to have it and play it. Right. And, right. uh, you know, like maybe just right after like my uh, my Weird Al records. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, <laughs> right? Can you imagine somebody flipping through and being like, "What was this guy's problem, man?" <laughs> yeah. Wow, this dude. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I listened. Definitely listened to Lion and Cobra. Uh, like before, it was like a really like get jazzed for like recording for some reason yep. i don't know why it's just like yep. it was at the moment it was just like a really great record and i remember like maybe like maybe like four months ago <laughs> i think uh jay phillips actually was like texting me out of the blue and is like hey you remember when we listened to that Sinead O'Connor record before we recorded and I was like yeah he's like I'm listening to it right now and I can't stop listening to it I know that's what I'm saying like, they're mesmerizing I, in a weird way yeah and then we get you know because of her again here you go connections because of her you get uh, half of what makes uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Blood Sex Blood Sugar Sex Magic oh yeah that's right that's because right. the whole he and her Ketis and her were a thing which is weird that is weird. I, how, how is that a thing? <laughs> how is that Did a thing? Like heroin? I don't know. That's really the only thing he had in common with most people back in those days. I right. Like. But it also makes me like, also I'm like, maybe Prince heard her sing somewhere and was like, here, take this song. Like, right? I'm not ever going to do anything with this, which right. is crazy because it's a great song. Right. And is on that new thing that they just put out. Yep. Which I've heard that version and it's, stunning as well so but it's like have you ever heard um <clears throat> there's two versions that he does but the chris cornell version 
Yes. Oh, man. Like, yep. it comes with a box of tissues. Because right. the first version is, I think, him doing it, like, acoustic for, like, a serious XM thing or whatever. And you're, yeah. like, it just, it, it validates two things. One, how great that song is. But two, like, yeah. just how great of a singer Chris Cornell was. Yeah. But then the next version he does, he records it with his daughter. And she yeah. sings. And then you're, like, wow, this is really great because it's his daughter and she can really, really sing. And, like, it's sort of weird because it's basically, like nothing compares to you and now her dad's not around. And then you just get in this right. whole rabbit hole of like, what, right. are, what are, what are Prince and Chris Cornell and Sinead O'Connor all doing to me right now? And right. two of the three are gone. And <laughs> I mean, Sinead's mostly gone anyway, but like, you right. know, what is happening? What right. is this weird rabbit hole? That's when you put on to tie it all together, the electronic <laughs> Hispanic record <laughs> and break yourself right. out of this weird. That's funk. what you got to do. You got to do that. That or you got to put on Whitney Houston one or two. It's got to happen. Oh man, I found some great Whitney Houston uh, singles at a at this crazy estate sale. I'll I'll save that for another call sometime. But I was about to say, but uh, oh, they're so good. You just can't go wrong <laughs> with that stuff. So, all right, my friend, this has been a lot of fun. I don't yes. think, I know if anyone will ever enjoy listening to us talk about this nerddom, but I don't care. I'm just going to call you every week, and we're going to do, do it. it all over again. Absolutely, this has been all a right, blast. Buddy. Will you tell Ozzy hello for me? Uh, I will tell the fam. The same for me. I will. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye.